thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the Urban Sports Scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole. Also part of Sports Journey at sportsjourney.com. Uh, you can check out, you can get all your DMV sports content uh, from the website, from the Sports Journey website, which is, again, sportsjourney.com. What's going on, fellas? Nothing much, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Ray Jeezy, what's good, <laughs> bro? <laughs> you, know, you know all is well over here. You guys, I got to switch it up a bit. It's like nothing much. How you doing, Wally? Wally? I'm good, man. Well, I'm blessed to be here, man. I'm Okay, I'm blessed to be here. Dang, Ray, shoot. We can't get the pleasantries out the way? Dang. I, I just don't want you guys to be cliche. Y'all so much better than that, man. You, you're, you're way more authentic. Then I'm right. good, man. What about you? Nothing hey, much. Hey, you, okay, Listen, real talk. You guys are dope. Okay, real. I know. I know what. Real, real talk though. Because <laughs> you're my friend. <laughs> Go ahead, shut up. I check. I call the TV, bro, and I'm seeing that Tiger Woods got in another accident, and I'm like, Yeah, terrible. It's terrible. Blessed. But is it too early We're to blessed. say? Like, you know, is it messed up for me to think like, Yo, he got caught up again? Because that's what I thought at first. Well, I, I mean, let's 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 not jump to conclusions. Conclusion. No one knows yeah. exactly what happened. Let's just, you know, send them some positive energy, prayers up. Definitely. Um, hoping for a speedy, full recovery for Tiger Woods. We don't know the the circumstances mm-hmm. circumstances surrounding the crash. Yeah. So let's stay positive until you know anything comes out, and then we all know that it would be a a shit a shit show once <laughs> the details come out. To be honest. Forget- Forget golf. It's all about his family. He's bringing his son along in the golf world and in the sport. And you just hope that he's going to be all right. I don't care if he ever plays golf again, but if he's going to recover mm-hmm. and recover fully physically to where he's able to live a, uh, a active lifestyle going forward with his family, that's the most important thing. I've been in a serious car accident. I know how significant those leg injuries can be and how arduous the recovery is. And it's no joke. And I don't care if he was on painkillers because of his back surgery. There's all these rumors flowing out there. It doesn't yeah. matter at this point. It's just hopefully he can recover as a person and he can get to a happy place regardless of whether it's involving golf or not. But what did you think of when, when you first heard the news, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, when, what came through your mind? I mean, you could be keeping 100. My, <laughs> yeah, no, no. My, my, my first, I'm going to just be honest with yeah. you. My first thought was, I hope that he's okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys are real nice. That was my... Awesome. No, I'm, my I'm initial thought was that... So we, we, I, my I, thought was my, that you, I was hoping he was okay, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Man, my initial thought was I hope he's okay, and mm-hmm. two, um, and two that um, because I had previously just watched that HBO mm-hmm. uh, two part special on his life, I was like, damn, you know, um, I hope he's okay, and you know. I, and I hope that, you know, this isn't anything that, you know, I don't know. I, my, my initial thought was I, I just hope he's okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. You, you know, TMZ is the GOAT at reporting this <laughs> craziness, are, even though I'm not the biggest fan of TMZ. Mm-hmm. However, the good thing for me was when I first heard about it, the sheriff's statement was already 
was already out there, was already in the public saying that there's some leg injuries. I believe that yeah. statement was from Tiger's agent saying mm-hmm. there's just some leg injuries. He's in surgery. I'm like, okay, his life isn't in danger because 2021 obviously is a, um, it, yeah. a new start for many and a hope that things will get better. And, and when a lot of folks saw this happen and occur, they were like, nah, man, not again. You know, because remember last year, of course, Kobe yeah. in California had his unfortunate incident. So to hear that he was possibly or pro- probably going to make it was, you know, a relief. And again, it's all about the recovery at this point. So, so well, you saw the documentary on HBO. Was it good? I haven't seen it yet. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, I know that everyone, I know it's cliche to say, you know, when you're in the moment, something was amazing or that it was better than, you know, I think two of the other sports documentaries that came out over the last five years, which was, um, that I thought were great, Last Dance mm-hmm. and the OJ, um, the OJ special that a- the ESPN did. But um, this, just because the amount of, uh, details and information that was compacted within these two. I, I felt that it was amazing. And I, and I also think that there were other things that they could have touched on and gave a lot more in-depth uh, perspective on Tiger Woods. But what they did present, it totally gave you a better understanding of who, how he became the man he is today mm. and those influences and those pivotal moments in his life. Is it still like on demand? Is it it's still around? Yeah, it's, it's on... Um, I don't mean to plug any. It's um, all good, man. I'm stalling time anyway. But, Go ahead. Yeah, but yeah, it's on. Yeah, it's on. It's on HBO. It's on HBO Max. It's on, it's on HBO, HBO Max. Oh, Max, is, that, is that what's happening here? We, we're stalling time. Is that what we're doing? It seems like it. <laughs> I have to. Oh, okay. <laughs> because only three of us on the line right now. Anyway, uh, subscribe to our uh, podcast okay. on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, tune in to iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts. Uh, just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scenes, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. But yeah, right, just on a little time, trying to give our guests some time to get on the show because he seems so eager to be on initially. So, trying to give him some time. Some start some time, <laughs> bro. Some. Hey, uh, Will T. Let's get to our traditional pregame. All right, here's what we have on tap. We'll debate what uh, the what's the best route for the Washington football team's solution to their quarterback issue, uh, Emmy Award sports personality and Holder Sports' own Lou Holder will join us uh, to discuss this and much more. Um, at 820, we'll debate whether Bradley Bill is the best two-guard in the NBA. At 835, we'll talk about the Philadelphia Eagles trading away Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. Finally, we'll debate whether wide receiver Sterling Sharp should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But right now, we're waiting. We're still waiting on Lou. Um, but let, we can talk about it amongst amongst each other. Uh, there's all there's all. Can types. I can I present a topic? Sure, present another topic. Since we're stalling time, sounds good to me, bro. Did you guys see today that JJ Watt is really interested in the Indianapolis Colts? What do you guys think that that would do for that franchise and that team Thank if JJ Watt would have signed the Colts? Considering they just signed. Right, mm-hmm. it's a good look, I think. Well, you want to, you want to know my, my 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 real thoughts? Um, yeah, I think that they will have two of the I don't want to say problematic players on both sides of the ball. And cart problematic probably isn't the best word, but 
two guys that are extremely overhyped and haven't necessarily produced the results on the field in the past few years. And J.J. Watt and Carson? Wentz and, yep, J.J. Mm. Watt and Carson Wentz. But ultimately, um, I, I think he, you know, if you, if you look, if you could add J.J. Watt to that defense with DeForest Buckner and um, Leonard at the linebacker position, it definitely improves that. It definitely improves that um, that defense. Yeah, I think. But I, I, I yeah. think. Go Will. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go, no, go I, Will. I apologize. No, go. go Will. No, go Will. No, 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 no. Go. Um, no, I agree with. I agree that. Uh, yeah, JJ Watt was living off his name for a minute. I do agree with that. Um, I do, but I to a point to your point about the Colts' defense. I think you add seventy percent of JJ Watt to that defense, and it makes that defense better because now it's a better rotation on that front. Uh, he's gonna be fresh. He's gonna be fresher, so he'll probably be, he'll be a better football player because of it. Um, now on the flip side, it's gonna be interesting with Carson Wentz, and we'll probably talk about that later. But it'll be interesting with the Carson Wentz situation because you know people kind of you know get on Philip Rivers, but if you look at the stats, it, he was effective last season for him. So the whole I, if you really want to break down those two individuals, um, it's more like Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz from last season. You would say that Philip Rivers probably outplayed Carson Wentz last year. So it, the question is, will Phillip, will Carson Wentz be better than Phillip Rivers? Well, I, I, like you said, it's a discussion to come down the line on this show. But what I want to ask of you guys and get your opinion on is, do you think there's an added motivation to stay in the division for J.J. Watt? He seems like he doesn't harbor any tool, any ill will toward the Houston Texans, but he is trying to go to the Colts, which you got to see twice a year. So I'm thinking he's planning this out. He's going to a team that is probably, with him at it, going to be better. And we know what the Texans, that situation is going on right now. We, we, we're thinking that they're going to have another down year next season. Mm-hmm. Will Fuller coming off suspension. Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be there. You, you hired a coach that's unproven, even though, of course, he's an African-American hire. But still, I, I think J.J. Watt knows exactly what he's doing. I think he's plotting to get some payback on the Texans. Y'all agree? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I totally agree with you. Definitely, but mm. hey, but Ray, Ray, I believe our guest is here. Do you want to introduce him? Sure. <laughs> As you you know, it's always it's always a blessing to share this platform with talented individuals. I want to stress always, it's always a blessing to share this platform with talented individuals. And today, I have the pleasure of introducing someone whom I consider a pioneer of broadcasting and journalism here in the D.C. metropolitan area and beyond. His extensive resume as a sports anchor, reporter, and talk show host and contributor includes a rich work history with many notable television and radio venues that includes NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, Comcast, Sportsnet, Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, CW Television Network, CBS Radio, and ESPN Radio. To name just a few of his many accomplishments, our guest has interviewed a number of prominent names such as Serena and Venus Williams, Iron Mike Tyson, Tiger Woods, as well as the late John Thompson Jr. and Kobe Bryant. In addition to these great achievements, perhaps came his most notable accolade in 2003 when this individual was awarded an Emmy for Outstanding Sports Reporting. Our guest is affiliated with many esteemed organizations, including National Association of Black Sports Professionals, National Association of Black Journalists, a.k.a. NABJ, and Washington Sports Business Professionals. He is an entrepreneur, educator, public speaker, husband, and father. Welcome to the Urban Sports Team, Mr. Lou 
Holder, what's happening, man? Hey, guys, how are y'all doing, man? Doing good, man. Awesome. <laughs> doing, doing great. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, uh, how y'all doing exactly. today? We're doing, we're doing good. Like I said, Ray is the GOAT of introductions. No one can ever disp <laughs> uh, dispute that. He's the undisputed king of, of uh, intros. <laughs> i mean that 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 was that was an emmy award-winning read right okay, there facts. <laughs> hey hey speaking it to existence lou <laughs> so hey lou before before we uh get started with the actual interview um can you tell our listeners about holder sports yeah so basically um when i got into the business and started to um, see some level of success. I started to market myself and I tried to, you know, see how I could give back. So I, you know, started my own sports company. Um, basically it's a, um, company where I, I do, um, you know, a lot of uh, giving back and, and mentoring and teaching. And so, you know, it's basically a catch all of everything that I'm doing, whether it's on air stuff, whether it's teaching, it's all funneled through a, a business that I started called Holder Sports, which is basically making quality impact on, you know, um, the young and the old. So um, I do a lot of nonprofit work, a lot of um, giving back, and it's just something that I said, you know, where can I, what can I do? And I, I encourage everybody to do it. You know, everybody can just go down and get your own company name and whatever, but there's got to be a place where you can put all of your expertise because um, we all have to be multi-media journalists these days. Mm -hmm. So there got to be a number of places where I can uh, go under the one name, which is called Holder Sports. So, so well, Luke, I, I, go, go ahead. So go ahead. Continue. No, I, I, you, you mentioned uh, something that, um, that that's of interest to me, Lou, um, with sports journalism. I, I was just curious to get your thoughts. What do you think about the state of sports journalism today? as it is, you know, as it's gone from, you know, the traditional print medium to digital? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the difference is, is that everybody's their own brand now. Um, the, when I got started in the business, um, the athletes needed us to tell their story. You know, you had to wait for the 10 o'clock news or the 6 o'clock news or the 11 o'clock news. Athletes don't need journalism that much anymore because they all have their own Instagram accounts. They all have their own Twitter accounts. They all have their own whatever. They don't, they don't need, they don't need the journalism field as much as what they once did. So you have to find different ways to tell stories. You got to do what you guys are doing right now and have your own podcast. You have to have your own uh, you have to be able to shoot. You got to be able to edit. You got to be able to do multiple things well. Uh, and that's how journalism has changed. Um, you know, that phone in our pockets, I mean, everybody, you're your own camera, you're your own recorder, you're your own everything right there. You don't need a studio. Um, you don't need any of that stuff. You can even create your own backdrop to make it look wherever you want to be. <laughs> so um, journalism has changed so much. Uh, but one thing that has not changed is you've got to know how to write and you've got to know how to tell stories. And whether you are doing it for a network or doing it for yourself, you have to be able to tell stories. 
you have to be able to be accurate. You have to be able to, um, to you know, to to invoke a feeling in somebody, and you have to be you have to be likable. If people don't like you. It doesn't matter if you are on the air doing it for ESPN or if you're doing it like you guys are doing it. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, if people like you, they will follow you. They will follow you. They will like you. They will do whatever. And that hasn't changed with, with media. That hasn't changed with media. So, so Lou, also, uh, you know, Ray mentioned some of the cool, dope people you've gotten to interview and speak to um, on our pr- pr- promotional flyer. Uh, there are, you know, pictures with you and Young King, Chadwick Boseman, and also um, Colin Kaepernick. How was those? How was how was the those experiences? I mean, it was it was. I mean, I've just been blessed to uh, run across uh, so many people, and um, you know, I just thought that uh, Chadwick Boseman, because he was doing that movie Forty Two with Jackie Robinson. That's how I was able to get that interview. He was um, doing a, this was before he became T'Challa. This is before <laughs> he was Thurgood Marshall. This was before he was James Brown. He was, um, you know, he was doing the circuit um, and he was going to all these towns for the premiere of this movie about Jackie Robinson. Now, Jackie Robinson is, you know, one of my heroes, one of many people's heroes His quote, um, you know, your life is only as important as the impact that it has on other lives. That's one of my signature quotes in life. So I was so happy to do that interview. And I just treated that interview because he wasn't, he was, he wasn't, he wasn't the Black Panther then. I mean, he was just an actor trying to make it or trying to make it big. So I just treated it as another interview. I still would have, um, but it was just how he affected me as far as how how stable he was and how down to earth he was was just remarkable and you know the fact he went to howard um was was amazing um and then colin kaepernick he's my fat brother and obviously after one of the games where the san francisco 49ers were playing the, the washington football team um you know doing the interviews i you know made it known where i pledged and he made it known that where he played and uh, that was that. So, uh, but I really respect him for what he's done. Uh, I really respect both of those individuals for what they've done. And um, Chadwick mostly right now because we're coming on uh, the month of March, which is the National Colorectal Surgery um, Awareness Month. And um, uh, I think that um, that is a wake-up call for all people, but especially African Americans, to get screened. Um, because this is a, um, I'm a sports person, but I'm also a journalist and I like to tell stories and he is a cautionary tale. I mean, he's 40 something years old and passed away from colon cancer, uh, because it, it was recognized too late. And, um, so everybody should go and get their oscopies and their, all these things from their doctor, um, and, and you know, I don't know how many other wake-up calls that you can have uh, besides um, besides that story. So um, it's it's a little emotional um, to know that mm-hmm. such a young man um, is passed at such an early age. But wow, the work that he left behind, truly amazing, truly amazing. And um, when he, in fact, he went to go see kids, even though he was sick himself, mm. that he went to go visit those kids 
And mm. um, it was just amazing. I mean, this man was dying during half the movies that we saw him in. He was dying of cancer and never said anything to anybody. And he went to all those kids and because he just wanted them to see that he was um, this mythical character. And he became, he became a legend in himself um, just for what he did. So um, those, um, those, those two people are, are pretty special to me alongside all the others that were named. Those two are pretty special for recent events that happened. Uh, well, we appreciate you sharing. And what yeah. you don't know is it was the perfect segue for me because you mentioned Chadwick Boseman wanting to become great when you met him. And you also mentioned Kyle Kaepernick, a quarterback. And a franchise that's trying to be great again, no pun intended, <laughs> is the Washington football team. Mm. And they are in a situation where they are looking for a quarterback. So to begin this discussion on the sort of the sports side of things, what do you think that decision will be? Will it be in the draft? Will it be free agency? And what will it mean for the franchise moving forward? What do you think this franchise is trying to build under a new coaching regime and an owner who's now being forced to make changes? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, um, it's just amazing that as long as I have been covering this team since it's been 2002, they still looking for a quarterback. <laughs> they are still looking for a quarterback. I mean, it's just amazing. It's, it's a position that they haven't been able to get right. And I um, don't know if you all have, have discussed the uh, breaking news today that they're going to keep the Washington football team named for another year. They're not going to do yeah. anything until 2022. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, the, the the whole way that this franchise is going, um, you know, with the um, the black president and the the black um, assistant coach and um, so many things of color, the the the, the coach being a, a minority, uh, things are changing with this franchise, and um, it's a good thing. I just want to state that that it's a good thing to be reporting on the Washington football team not making stupid mistakes um and doing thing and doing things the right way and um you know they're building something here and i don't want to hear anybody say well you know it was a crappy division whatever it don't matter they they played the games and they got in so um so what you know uh the giants telling them that they mad at the eagles because whatever you had so many chances to get in the playoffs yourself and you waiting on another team to get in. So I don't want to hear, you know, um, all that. This this franchise uh, deserves a little bit of respect for getting things right. So this is the last and final frontier, fellas, getting this quarterback thing right. And um, I'm of the I'm of the camp that you got to keep swinging at that swinging at that pinata till you get it right. Mm. So um, I think that you still need to go in the draft. And get somebody out. Uh, the the uh, Heineke story was unbelievable, um, but that was such a short period of time. When defenses get a chance to figure out over a 16 game schedule, that when that's when you'll see somebody who is a real good quarterback. And we just don't know that about uh, Mr. Heineke yet. I think you definitely he or he has earned a spot to be on this team, uh, but I still think you need to go and start looking. Um, and drafting um, the quarterback of the future. 
Um, and I still think that you need to, to draft another person, uh, somebody who is comfortable um, that the head coach and the staff is comfortable with, whether it's uh, Marcus Mariota, whether it's a uh, Cam Newton, which I don't, I wouldn't want, but um, he is familiar with the system um, or another, you know, serviceable veteran to compete with Heineke um, next year. I think uh, I applaud Alex Smith, man, comeback. Play- they should rename the trophy after him. The comeback player of the year trophy should be renamed after Alex Smith after what happened with his compound fractures and things of that nature. But um, obviously he can't be the long-term fix for this team. And I don't think Tyler Heineke is the long-term fix as well. I mean, he may be, but you can't put all your eggs in that one basket. And if this franchise is going to do anything that resembles common sense, that they will hit it on both ends, get somebody in the, um, in the free agency and also draft a quarterback. Also draft a quarterback because you gotta you gotta keep swinging at that pinata, fellas, until you get it right. And uh, there's no need to do foolishness that has been done in the past of trading eight or nine draft picks to get one person or doing anything like that. You see what's out there, and if somebody falls in your lap, you um, you, you you look for it. But I definitely think with that first pick, if there's a quarterback available. Um, I think you definitely need to go after the quarterback. That's me. That's me because they haven't been able to get it right. Um, but this is a different head coach who understands certain things. But as we saw, um, you don't have to be a high draft pick for it to work out. Um, Dwayne Haskins was um, telling everybody that the league done messed up <laughs> uh, when they picked him 15th and he didn't work out. And here comes Tyler Heineke who is um, not drafted 15th and works out. So that means that um, you can either play the position or you cannot play the position. And you just have to see what you can find in that first and second round, Uh, maybe a third round. You never know who can play the position of quarterback, but you always have to have your eye on the most valuable position in sports. Uh, One of the most valuable positions in sports because of how many times they touch the ball offensively. Lou, this is Will. I, I want to circle back to uh, something that you mentioned about the team and the positive direction that they're going in as far as the hiring of Jason Hill as the president of the team and, you know, the, the other um, hirings within, you know, within the organization that are minorities. Do you think it's a little bit, uh, a little too late um, with regards to, you know, this, this positive momentum taking into consideration the things that have come out about this team over the past six months? Um, I do. I think there's a lot, there's some knee jerk reaction in there. Um, but I, I can't, I can't discount the Doug Williams. I can't discount the Tony Wiley, um, who was most recently the, uh, VP of human resource of, um, public relations for the Washington football team. Um, I can't discount some of the things that I had seen along the way, but I also uh, feel that this, the culture of this franchise has been so toxic for so long um, that, you know, 
I feel that it's right that what they're doing, but I also don't want it to turn into the BET network either. <laughs> I don't want it to be like now, and I don't want it to be an over exaggeration. And now everybody's got to be, everybody's got to be a black, a minority, or uh, a female. I don't. That's that's kind of this 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 fan base is too intelligent mm. to be duped like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like. Um, let it just happen to be that the most qualified person is of color. I mean, look, my goodness, fellas, look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers staff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the, 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 I mean, the, the, the whole thing, and they won a Super Bowl. So um, it does work when people of color are given an opportunity. But, you know, it just so happens that when Washington's doing it now, there is that, you know, look, uh, what you talking about, Willis? You know, um, what are you doing? What you up to? You know, and even you know, in the barber shops, what the what the people are saying in the barber shops is, yo, <clears throat> did Dan Snyder have to do this to keep the team, mm. or did Dan Snyder have to do this? Whatever, whatever, whatever is going to force change. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that it's happening, but you are correct in the assumption that. In a way, some people are saying, you know, it's just a little bit too late, a little bit too late for me. Um, but, fellas, I'll tell you one thing. Winning winning will gloss over a lot of team that was winning all those Super Bowls, was doing it in a stadium that was raggedy. It was doing it with, um, you know, a lot of people that, that, that we've never heard of. But winning with Bobby Beathard, and one of the greatest leaders of men of all time, Joe Jackson Gibbs, uh, made this this franchise what it is today. And there's no reason why Ron Rivera and uh, the staff that he's creating and the front office um, can bring back some type of prominence to one of the crown jewels of the NFL. And mm. I'm so glad that people of color are going to be um, well represented in decision making and well represented and things along the way. So um, uh, that's what I'm hoping. That's what a lot of people are hoping. Again, this, this fan base is too intelligent to be duped. And uh, uh, all that stuff on the field. But if your front office is not correct, it don't mean a hill of beans because that means everything else is going to follow. So mm-hmm. um, the people of color that are now in, the people of color that are now in the position uh, they don't get a pass. We're expecting greatness out of these people, just like we're expecting greatness out of Kamala Harris and all the other people of color that are in prominent offices. Uh, we're expecting to be represented. We're expecting integrity. We're expecting excellence. Uh, and we're expecting um, a good product on and off the field, on and off the field. That's what the fans of this um, franchise deserve. And that's what the fans of this franchise is hopefully going to get in these years to come. One more question for you, Lou. You mentioned some very interesting things um, that I think that um, fans of this organization and followers of this organization um, really follow, really hit on with regards to culture and moving this team forward. I did have a follow-up question for you. Um, Yeah. Yesterday, CBS and a, a few other outlets reported on Jeff Bezos potentially being interested in buying the team. With everything that's going on with this team regarding the uh, Beth Wilkinson 
uh, investigation. Then we also had the news of the three minority owners coming, um, taking Dan Snyder to court and trying to force him to sell. Is it for 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 you? I, and I, you've been around this stuff longer than me. Does it is it unusual for you know a report to come out that there's a potential interest in uh, change of ownership? even during when there's, you know, when there's an investigation into the current ownership? Does that seem highly unusual to you, or? It does, in a way. I mean, but, I mean, we've seen so many things happen in this league, and um, there's, you know, as soon as Jeff Bezos said he was moving part of his operation to this area, um, I kind of knew that, I mean, it's one of the most coveted, um, how should I say, networks, in all of sports to be an owner of an NFL football team. There's only 32 of them. And, um, it's a cash cow, this television deal, you know, that's why, um, these people like Dan Snyder and Jerry Jones and things of that nature love their franchises because of the, um, just the status that it holds. So, um, when all that stuff came out about the, uh, the abuse and things going on, Everybody, again, this is a very intelligent fan base. Everybody knew that Dan Snyder was in trouble. Um, but, you know, at the top of all of the owners is a commissioner who is a fighter for all the owners. And all those owners, none of them look like us. Um, so, you know, they protect each other. And so I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if Bezos is going to get a certain amount of the team and Dan Snyder still gets controlling interest. I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but where there's smoke, there's fire and there's too many reports going on um, that um, the, I mean, let's be honest, fellas, if FedEx and Coca-Cola and Nike and um, the sponsors didn't, pull out from the Washington football team, there would be no name change and Dan Snyder would just be doing business as usual. Let's be, let's not kid ourselves. Mm -hmm. Money talks. And especially at that level, those people love more and more money. And when money, money is starting to leave, that's when things happen. So, um, and, uh, Jeff Bezos, as we, um, as we know, he got some money. Yeah. <laughs> he got a little, he, he got a little bit of money. Just a little bit. Um, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So uh, what rich people like is more money. And if this mm. Jeff Bezos is trying to play ball, um, even Dan Snyder is going to listen. So I don't know what's going to happen. But the fact that your question is, is it unusual? Uh, I think it is a little unusual. But I also think that um, uh, we've seen we've seen so much with this franchise that I wouldn't put anything past uh, I wouldn't put anything past anybody. Um, I just, as long as whoever owns this team continues the, um, the practice of hiring people who are um, the best at their position mm -hmm. to do the job. Um, one thing that I hate that even exists is the Rooney rule. I think the Rooney rule is actually a joke. I think it's a, um, because people are not practicing the Rooney rule. People are going ahead and hiring, um, you know, how Eric Bieniemy does not have a job right now when Chip Kelly was able to ruin two franchises <laughs> with the Philadelphia Eagles mm -hmm. and the San Francisco 49ers. 
how he is not able to get one position mm. um, is amazing. To me. Now mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I'm under the impression that he's probably waiting um, for Andy Reid uh, because I do feel that Andy Reid is looking out for Eric Bieniemy, and there's no reason why. Um, I think Eric. I think to me personally that Andy Reid is probably telling Eric Bieniemy, "Why don't you just hold on? I'm not going to be here forever, and then you can grow with Patrick Mahomes mm. and be the head coach." Um, that's what I'm hoping is happening because I'm a huge fan of Andy Reid and what he's done. But just the fact that um, Urban Meyer can get a job with the Jacksonville Jaguars and never coached an assistant coach anywhere. And he can come in there, and one of his first moves is to hire a controversial person <laughs> from his past. Makes me believe that, you know what, um, the best people are not being hired, and the mm. Rooney rule is not being followed at all. At all. Mm. Um, I think these people already know who they want, and um, I still feel that we have a long, long way to go. When Colin Kaepernick is kneeling, and people are, are, are saying that they want to be heard. It's not just about the police uh, brutality. It's about equality for these athletes. And they want to see people that look like them in the front office. They want to see people that look like them on the sidelines. Um, that's what America is about. So as, as long as who, who owns this Washington football franchise, as long as people of color uh, and minorities are being at the table and being legitimately in hiring pools of candidates, that's all we can ask for as a human race. That's all we can ask for <laughs> as a human race. Hey, hey Lou, as you, as you just were making your statement, the Dukes of Hazard theme song went through my head. And you know I might be showing my age when I say that, but <laughs> all of us on this show, we remember that. Just some good old boys, but I'm, I'm going to go away from that for a minute. This is a follow-up question. As long as you ain't uh, as long as you ain't fantasizing about the Daisy Dukes now. No, <laughs> uh, nah, man. Nah, you missed the DC earlier. I'll, I'll, I'll show you my age, too. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, they're a little thicker now, being real. But you know what, I'm married, though. We ain't, we're not going to go there either. Um, <laughs> I wanted to add very quick for you to give a prediction. Yeah. What is, what is the Washington situation? What's the end result? Do we see Donald Sterling part two, or is it going to be more like a Mars shot where there's a lot of backlash, but not a whole lot of movement? Uh, that is a real good one. I, I think there's going to be a lot of backlash, uh, but I think Dan Snyder is still going to have some type of, um, some type of maybe controlling interest or what have you. I just, I can't see... This is just me now from what I've understood. I just can't see Dan Snyder um, giving up all of this Washington football franchise. It, 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 it's the relevancy of it. Um, and I've just seen Roger Goodell um, protecting him um, in a way that's going to give him some type of um, some type of not controlling interest or some type of interest in the football team. Um, I, I just, I just, that's just my gut because if it would have, if, if it, if it was to happen, it should have happened already. Um, so I don't know what this investigation is going to show. Uh, but Dan Snyder has, um, he's changed the name. He's hired more African Americans than ever. <laughs> um, he's f- hired a, a female. 
Um, he's mm. doing everything in this, um, how should I say, uh, post um, name change culture that anybody could ask for. I don't, have you even heard from him since all this happened? I haven't seen him on the field. haven't seen him do anything. So no, um, the, the only thing that I've heard of, I've heard with regards to Dan Snyder is when he had co- him and his wife had COVID. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the only thing I heard too. Mm-hmm. And I do remember one time he's always gone to games and there was one time that, um, um, he didn't go to a game and it was the first time. And I don't know if it was because of all this, but my goodness, fellas, if, if Robert Kraft can be caught at a strip club or doing what he did and still <laughs> own a team, if, if, um, you know, so many indiscretions by these owners, um, yeah. you know, I, I just can't, I just can't see the commissioner who protects all of them. I can't see he mm. booting out, um, totally, Unless Dan Snyder wants to be out, and I just I I can't see him wanting to be out of the of the football business, um, because this Washington franchise, I mean, it's it's worth so much. Dallas is worth so much. These, I mean, that's the reason why. Come on, fellas, that's the reason why these guys are in the game. Um, and it's that TV money. It's all that money. It's just it's just a cash cow. It's just a cash cow. So um, I think it's going to be more of the heavily slapped on the wrist versus, you know, forcing to be sold out. Uh, I do think that Jeff Bezos is going to be involved in some way, shape or form. I think there might be some co-ownership group stuff going on. Mm. Um, who knows? I just, I I just can't see. Um, I just can't see the, the commissioner telling Dan Snyder, you have to sell the team. Now, again, if he does sell the team, who knows? Uh, Jeff Bezos could be a worse owner than 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 Dan Snyder. I don't I don't put my trust in any of these people. Where I just you know show me, and it looks for it looks for right now that uh, there are people in place that um, are going to carry out um, you know what a normal football or football organization looks like, and actually what this organization used to look like. You know, Bobby mm-hmm. Beathard. Um, and Joe Gibbs had a great relationship and it produced so many good moments for this franchise that if you get that right, if you get the head coach and the general manager, uh, 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 tandem working correctly, Ooh, man, people might actually start buying, buying seats to go, <laughs> tickets to go to games again. <laughs> Um, not the visitors so but not we but well, we are we are long fellas we are long long way from that um <laughs> oh, chase, man, chase, chase, chase chase young alone <laughs> is not going to bring people back into that stadium whole foods baby basil's got whole foods put it put it in the stadium a small whole foods we have all the healthy people showing up. <laughs> a way to make money. <laughs> hey, Lou, man, we appreciate you for being on. Um, do you have any um, any social media you want to plug or, you know, Holder Sports content? You know, please do so now. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I'm uh, on Instagram, um, Lou underscore daddy. I'm on Twitter at Holder Sports. And, um, you know, just get at me. Just get at me. I'm all over the place. I'm teaching. Um, I think giving back, I teach at Prince George's community college. 
uh, and a Bishop McNamara High School in Forestville because I am a true believer of giving back. Mm. Somebody did it for me. Uh, People like Stuart Scott um, and James Brown, uh, they were my mentors, and they always said to me, don't ever get too big in this business that you do not give back. Mm. And um, I thank both of those individuals and Brian Burwell, the late Brian Burwell, and David Aldridge, and... um, Mentors that I've had that I, I really, really trust have given me a good background. And I always said to myself, whatever platform that I have, I appreciate so much what was read about me at the beginning. Um, but if I don't give back, um, then my my existence and my career is in vain because at some point it has to be about other people, not about yourself. Mm. And uh, so I'm teaching now. I'm teaching broadcast journalism. Um, and uh, I'm just giving back. I'm just giving back because um, the the industry has given so much to me that I cannot I cannot keep living without giving back to the industry. So um, that's what I'm doing right now. And um, I appreciate you guys for uh, having me on. And um, I, I wish you a lot of success um, with your with your program and. Um, our, our friend Lake Lewis and Sports Journey and what he's doing is um, a real good friend of mine and um, just so many people of color uh, doing great things. It just makes me proud. It just makes me proud. I'm, we're passing the baton on to you guys <laughs> and hoping that you all um, take it and run with it and uh, make it even greater than we did, make it greater than we did. So I'm wishing you all the, uh, much success. And uh, I would love to come back on anytime you all need me. That's a guarantee, Lou. That's a guarantee. And for for the listeners yeah. out there, Lou is dope, man. Especially at uh, Washington football games at the, at the uh, press row, a part of all black media. Uh, <laughs> Lou is hilarious. He's modest now, but he's so <laughs> he's hilarious. <laughs> I try, I try, I try, I try to keep life light. You know what I'm you, saying? You and Don, you and Don. I swear, you all, you, you two have me cracking up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lou, thanks again. We appreciate you. We're definitely gonna have you back on. That's a guarantee. No, I appreciate you all. Y'all have a nice night. And uh, again, uh, uh, best wishes to you all. And uh, and um, um, I'm cheering you all from the sidelines for your success. Thanks, Lou. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, brother. Appreciate definitely, it, Lou. Man, appreciate that. All right. Oh man, that was dope, man. Again, that's a uh, that was that was Lou Holder. Also, check him out on Twitter at um, Holder Sports. Uh, Lou was a, a dope individual. Very great guy. Um, here's a, we're gonna, actually we're you know we're gonna actually prorate our um our podcast. We, we're talk about, <laughs> I know, right? We're going to talk about instead of talking about my man uh, Sterling Sharp, we're going to talk about uh, Bradley Bill. Is Bradley Bill the best two guard in basketball? We'll discuss that after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Thing. For ages. You dig? Deuces. Get on your job, tell them. Haters, get on your job. Motivation. Get on your job, tell them. Haters, get on your job. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, Wole, and Ray Jeezy, part of Sports Journey, sportsjourney.com. 
Bradley Bill led all Eastern Conference shooting guards in votes and is starting in the NBA All-Star game. He also is the leading scorer in the NBA at at the moment. Is Bradley Bill the best two-guard in basketball? And if not, where do you rank him? I'll start with Ray. All right. I appreciate it because let's not get it twisted. We'll see just to inform you. This argument is not really or this discussion is not just about Bradley Bill. It's also about Zach Levine. <laughs> We've been <laughs> having this side discussion, including Armand Lee. Shout out to him and the mm. quarterly report. Dope show, of course. And Zach Levine has emerged this season. He's now been named right. an all-star. Definitely. The Chicago Bulls are competitive. Currently, the Chicago Bulls sit in the eighth and final playoff spot Eastern Conference at 14 and 16. The Wizards, of course, just recently emerged, 11 and 17. Bradley Bill averaging 32 a game. Zach Levine averaging 28. Who's better right now? If you ask many around the league, including Wole and myself, it's a really hard question to answer because Bradley Bill has just been just a dynamic scorer, but many will argue that that's all he's been. And if you're not bringing a more complete game, including assists, rebounds, defense, you can't be considered the best two guard. So for that reason, I'm not going to go with him or Levine. I think Jalen Brown is emerging to be that guy in the Eastern Conference and the NBA for that matter. Mm -hmm. Will T? Oh, Ray, you took my answer. Jalen Brown, sorry. Um, no, it's no, it's all good. Um, for most of the, <laughs> for all for most of the reasons that Ray stated, um, I don't believe that Bradley Bill is the best two guard in the NBA. Um, for me, if you're going, to, if we're talking about elite players in this league, the best players in this league, the best players in this league are transformative players who lead their team to victory. Now, Washington has started to there's an uptick. Um, they won a couple games, you know, they pulled out uh, a game last night against a depleted Lakers team, but to focus on Bradley Bill, you know, he's scoring at uh, an amazing rate, 32, I believe it was 32 points a game, um, almost shooting 40% from three and 40% from um, within the three, within the three point line, but the elite players, they make their team their teammates better. That's what Jalen Brown's doing, and also that's what Donovan Mitchell is doing. I, for me, mm. I consider those two guys better two guards at this point, more complete players than Bradley Bill. Oh yeah, I like that one. I do like um, Donovan Mitchell. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think all the all the flack he was getting from you know Shaq and Barkley in that TNT um, that TNT interview, but um, and he's growing on me. You know, at the end of the day, like he's a <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 yeah. Don't get me started on Shaq. But at, 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 no, you know what? At, when that when that comment happened, when he said that comment, I agreed with Shaq. I'm not going to say I did. I did. I agreed with him. But you know, it's getting to okay, a point but, now. Look what will. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. That's that's fine. He mm-hmm. can, Shaq can state that. But come on, man. Look at yourself at the mirror. Look what you did with your career. Mm-hmm. Right. Shaquille O'Neal, the most dominant physical player in the last 25 years mm-hmm. in the NBA, was not able to elevate his team to that point without help from yeah. other from another great player. Of course. Right? So yeah. for him to say that, you know, Donovan Mitchell isn't doing enough, right? Yeah. Um, look at yourself in the mirror. No, I get your point. I mean, Come I, on, that that, yeah. that, 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 that that statement lacks any lacks total self reflection. Yeah, but I'm saying like every well, in every star opinion. needs help. I mean that's that's a whole different every star needs help. So I think every 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 superstar needs help. Um, but it gets to a point where you want to have, you know, 
when you compare it to certain when you compare it to certain other players, certain superstars. Because to their point, to the argument, to the point of the argument in terms of what Barkley and Shaq were talking about, they're only they're only about four to five real superstars in basketball. You know what I mean? It wasn't it's like four to five true superstars, true players that will take your team to the next level. You get that player, they take you to the next level. So it goes back to the Bradley Bill argument that, you know, for a guy that's averaging 32 points a game, leads the league in scoring. And it actually, truth be told, we look at it as, as in terms of efficiency, shooting the ball, I believe, at a, like 47% from the field, which isn't bad for a two-guard in today's basketball. No, it's um, great. It's, I, well, in today's basketball. In today's basketball. It is that's, a, about, that's about on par. That's yeah, average. that's about on par. You know what I mean? But when no one plays defense. Yeah, but when you're looking at – so we mean Zach Levine. Jalen Brown is a dude that – I like Jalen Brown because over most of the other two guards, period, is because which Ray has talked to talked about and you mentioned, and even more, even as good as Donovan Mitchell has been, and he's been great, um, and he's been playing at the superstar level. But when you look at somebody like Jalen Brown, who plays offense and defense, um, and at a high level on both sides of the court, and it's a guy that we've seen that since since, since he was a rookie, um, how he wasn't scared of the moment, and before his offensive game. Wasn't as in the beginning his defensive game was better than his offensive game, and he's still a talented. He still was a talented offensive player, um, but now he's got he's risen his offensive level closer to close to his defensive level. And to me, he's one of the best two way basketball players in the league. Period. You know, and he gets overlooked because Jason Tatum's on his team, and a lot of people look at him and like, okay, Jason Tatum, he's the guy because his offense is so polished and so clean. But when you look at the efficiency of of, of Jalen Brown, especially when Jason Tatum Tatum was out. Um, he's a guy that I felt like a lot of people weren't talking about enough or weren't really talking about the dude that truth be told should get MVP consideration at the way he was playing at that particular point in time. So he's a guy that to me can rival a Bradley Bill. We're talking about two guards. Um, Zach Levine. And we talked about if we really want to be factual and Armand and we Ray mentioned Armand's podcast and I listened to it and he's, he made a lot of points that I, I totally agree with and I'm on board with is that we don't really talk about efficiency enough with scoring. Like, you can drop 30 points a game, but you're, you know, you may be shooting 43% or 45% from the field. When you look at what Zach Levine is doing, he's shooting over 50%, 50% or more or better from the field and shooting less with less shot attempts and use, usage. And the dude is averaging about 30, especially this, this, this stretch run he's in right now. And right now, arguably, he is the best two-guard. You know what I mean? Like what he's doing with the Chicago Bulls team that has been hindered with injuries, and now he is leading that team to you know to compete for a postseason spot. Granted, it's an Eastern Conference, but still they're contending, they're competing. Um, yo, like dude deserves credit. And I'm a, and I'm gonna give Bill credit too because I don't want to act like I'm a gloss over Bill. I watched that Lakers game, and I've been I didn't just rag on Bill about closing games out and, and like he wasn't clutch. But if you watched that overtime, boy was closing. Like he took it into he went on superstar mode. He went on I'ma be a killer mode and and to me that shows a sign of maturity and a dude that's, you know, is getting better and the Wizards are playing better basketball and, and Bill's part of that reason. So his he's him and you want you can add Westbrook into the mix, but he as the leader of the team is helping this team win ball games now. So maybe through the stretch run we can now say that maybe Bradley Bill is becoming a player that that's a player that's really making this team better, regardless if it's just scoring the basketball. I see you with the mic drop, huh? <laughs> now, yes, I, I think that's the perfect way to end the show. 
That's oh, okay. How we ended this week. I bet. That is Mike just dropped. Okay, we can do. I'm good with that. Yeah, Mike dropped. All right, Mike dropped. Drop, all right. That's your walk. Your walk. Your walk off. You you dropped the mic. You hit. Uh, okay. You hit a grand slam in the bottom of the night. Right, you know what? Then I'm gonna basic. go ahead and read about some subscribe podcast crap. Then, hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Tune In, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Uh, just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene to hit us up on our Urban Sports Team Facebook page. And make sure you check out Sports Journey at sportsjourney.com for all of your DMV sports content. I want to say thanks to Lou Lou Holder for uh, being a guest and holding down that segment for real. And, and actually, it was it was dope because it was organic and it was real it was real conversation. We really appreciate it. Uh, anything you all want to say yeah. before we close out? Uh, nope. Um, just, you know, um, <laughs> not well. I do. I have do. I do have one thing I want to say. As we come to the end of Black History Month, I want to. Um, I just want to say I'm kind of disappointed in the public school system and the lack of attention that they provide our children with uh, lessons in Black history. Mm-hmm. Um, let's all realize as a as a country that Black history isn't exclusive to African Americans. It's American history also. Yes. So we should embrace it. True. True. And that's real talk. And that's real talk. Ray? <laughs> I don't have anything to add. That's what to I'm that. talking about, man. No, so now, Ray, we're supposed to say it together. One, two, three. And that's right. real now that's talk. That's real talk. <laughs> hashtag it. Go hashtag it. <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to the urban sports scene for ages. You dig? Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie. Everybody stay blessed and have a great night.